Before the KFJO news break, uh, we had a caller. So I was talking about property taxes and who's getting what. Talked about, hey, you know what? It's The problem is with some of the exemptions going on. I said I couldn't have asked for a more perfect segue into the next segment with uh, our guest. Chad Peterson is the chair of the Cass County Commission, a friend of the show here, and was the low no vote on some of the exemptions in the extension of uh, the Renaissance Zone after a state ruling. Joining us right now in the studio. Welcome back, man. How you been? Mr. Axis, how are you? Doing well. Glad to have you back. Have a great Christmas break. Always have a great Christmas Good. break. Now it's time to get back after it, as reluctant as I am to do that. Yes, sir. But, uh, before that break, you were out there uh, saying, hey, look, you know, this is a no state ruling. Ruling, Do we have to? Should we? Explain to people that have been following along, and we got people that are listening outside of the metro area about what's going on here. Sure. So long story short, this is called the Renaissance Zone. The Renaissance Zone has been in place for some number of years, and I've been very vocal with my public disclosure of, uh, I believe one of the projects I owned, one of the buildings I owned was the very first project, and there's some debate. There was a, an architect I worked with for some time. She says her building was the first, so whether it's first or second, regardless, uh, I always reference that, and I say, uh, let me back up. The intent of the Renaissance Zone is to encourage development or redevelopment in blighted areas. That's that's sort of your baseline, is we take spots that need a little bit of incentive, a little bit of encouragement to invest a little bit more than you might might otherwise do. So uh, in Fargo, it's the downtown area, and that's sort of broadly speaking, right? It's 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 a lot of blocks. I think we have up to 44, 41 or 42 contiguous with two satellite blocks. So within those blocks, you can take your building and say, mm -hmm. boy, you know, I really want to make it a little bit better. Uh, City of Fargo, state government through state tax credits, can I get a little bit of help? And that little bit of help means if you invest, you won't pay the inflated value, the re, the redone valuation, the increased valuation on that investment. Mm -hmm. So you get developers in blighted areas to invest. They'll say, I'll invest a little bit more because I'm going to get a little bit back, which is exactly what we did. And my, my, my problem is my struggle has always been that you're not going to invest $20 million more in a $20 million project. Mm -hmm. You're going to invest, as we did, slightly more in a project you're going to do anyway. And again, it's a positive thing. It's a good thing. This is the way we incentivize. This is the way incentivization should be done. But to what degree do we benefit, meaning we outside the Renaissance Zone, outside those people investing, what, to what degree do the public benefit from this? I think that's a fair question that people are asking themselves here. Uh, first question, successful. Do you think the Renaissance Zone has been successful? Outlandishly yeah. successful. The thing I said, and I've not said this before publicly, but I said during our last meeting was, the trump card, my sort of generic statement has always been to my friends, is we had a spot in Fargo. And again, this is done throughout the state. So anyone yeah. can do this. There's, there's Bismarck has them, uh, Mandan, Minot, uh, Grand Forks, anywhere it can. But what I said is we had a spot in North Dakota in downtown Fargo that was so bad we had to incentivize people to invest. Mm -hmm. And now we have a spot in North Dakota in downtown Fargo that's so expensive to develop that you have to incentivize people to invest. So it was an absolute home run out of the park victory for everyone. And that's taxpayers included because with those increased valuations, increased density, there are savings to us. And we can get into that if you want to in yeah. terms of brownfield versus greenfield development. But mm -hmm. uh, there's benefits to all of us, especially long term. But again, to what degree? Yeah, that, that return on investment, I hope people have realized, because I know I have to get go early on in this whole thing saying, well, we're giving all these breaks without thinking about long term, which we do in politics. We don't think about, hey, 20 years down the road, this is what we get back. Yes, sir. Uh, the question is, when does it end? And, and you, you actually touched on something there because it was, we need to incentivize people to come here. They came. 
downtown is unrecognizable to what it was then. It is amazing and beautiful. I've it, grown it up is. here, I've been here my whole life. Uh-huh. It is beautiful. It's brought people in to this area just because, hey, I've heard of Fargo. I want to go experience it. And everybody comes to downtown Fargo. At what point do we say you are now self-sustaining? And, you know, the the Renaissance owns these exemptions. There's other spots across this metro area and elsewhere that need that sort of attention. I don't have an answer for that, but I'm getting close to saying now is the time that we look elsewhere. I think we're pretty close to that. I think we've had some amazing investors and, and good owners and, and good partners with city, with local government, uh, in terms of developments that's transpired downtown. And I want to make sure, and from my perspective, I think my problem is always picking favorites, I guess, if I was to, if I was to pinpoint something as to when we transition away. We have a lot of developers and owners downtown that haven't had that chance at the benefit yet. And one of the first meetings we had when I was appointed to the Renaissance Zone Authority by Mayor Mahoney, uh, so I actually am a county commissioner, but I am appointed right. at large by Which Mayor Which is important to add. Yes, and, that, yeah. and that's wonderful that the mayor uh, respects the county commissioner enough to give us a, a seat on the table. Uh, but I want to make sure everyone has a chance. And again, one of the first meetings I had, I said, at what time does this block A shift to block B, meaning someone that hasn't had the opportunity? Mm-hmm. And we've had developers that said, well, I'm really not going to ever do anything. Okay, then... What happens, to your point, what happens if we take that opportunity and put that opportunity somewhere else and maybe a block to the left, a block to the right, and all of a sudden that person that owns that building says, I have been waiting for this and I've wanted to do something, and this little nudge is the exact reason that may push me forward. The changes that came now, you know, that's been brought on with the state ruling of the time frame of these exemptions. Explain that because I know you talk about uh, – percentage of investment that you're putting back into the building well there's also a time frame that we've extended as well as far as these exemptions go yes the state switched from a five-year to an eight-year exemption and it really is that cut and dry you go from uh five years of no taxes to eight years of no taxes again on just the valuation increase so you'll still pay what you did before but you'll you know and if you level the building then it's just the land value but most people are just doing simple remodels or moving and renting and remodeling an, an existing space uh, and they do, they get credits too. So if you're a renter, you get credits as well. Okay. Uh, but it's, it's, that's very simple from five now to eight years. And you said no, why? So my struggle is for a myriad of reasons. So, uh, the, the pro this was a very specific project. And I always like to say, we should always have these arrows in our quiver so that we should have an opportunity to be able to incentivize what we think is a good idea. I'd love to think we didn't need, you know, anything like this. But the problem is all of our neighbors do, right? If we existed in a vacuum, fine. We wouldn't need a chamber of commerce. We wouldn't need an EDC. We wouldn't need any of these things that transpire. The problem is all of our neighbors have them and they're very good at advocating. And we need the chamber to advocate. We need the EDC to advocate. We need the tax credits to encourage developers and businesses to prosper in our area as opposed to moving to somewhere else. Now, this project in particular is a redevelopment of Mexican Village in downtown. I'm not sure if most people are familiar with it, but you can go to the downtown area, southern part of it, and go on the southwest corner. Mexican Village, if you haven't been there, it's too bad because you missed out. Now you can go to 45th, I think they're on, or 32nd, wherever they're at. But awesome. 45th and 32nd. Uh, is that corner okay, there, yeah. there we go. So uh, you can still uh, benefit from them. But uh, the development was a simple remodel of their existing space. You're converting the restaurant into what looked like two spaces plus a little bit of common area in the back. We're incentivizing to the degree of eight years an investment of $800,000, $875,000, I believe it was. That's a lot of money. But is it, though? It really is three single-family homes in the city of Fargo. Average city of Fargo home is about $300,000 now. So is this the development? There was actually another commissioner, uh, Commissioner Preston actually hinted at this, too. 
is this what we want to incentivize? Is this where we say, yep, no taxes for you for eight years for something as small as 800000 I know that sounds like a massive number, and it is a massive number. But is this the best use of our tax dollars or deferred tax dollars? And what I said to the developer was pretty pointed, and I said this to a myriad of developers. If your project hinges on such a minimal amount of money, meaning you're not going to save $100 million in taxes every year on this on this tax incentive, right? Mm-hmm. It's 10000 bucks, uh, And I'm picking numbers out of the air, but I, th- I remember it was like about $1,000 a month plus or minus for two renters. If that's the make or break on this project, the margins are exponentially small to the point where, why are you even doing it? If the mm-hmm. margins are that tight, I'm not sure it's in your best interest, right. Mr. or Mrs. Developer, to even <laughs> do this project. So, A, the scale of it is not really that noticeable. We talked about incentivizing $800,000. I, I could talk to you about this to no end. Uh, but if this was a, a world-defying you know, project where we had, the example I would reference there is Castleton Soybean Plant. It was in excess of $400 million. That is a generational investment that mm-hmm. infects not only the folks in Castleton, not the folks in Cass County, Fargo, Moorhead, West Fargo. That is regional in terms of what they can do. Yes, you incentivize those projects because they can go anywhere because every community wants that kind of investment. But $800,000 in a remodel of a restaurant, I don't know mm-hmm. about that. Well, I found myself, like I said, I think maybe it's just I'm coming to that end of saying, uh, you know, it's worked in downtown. At what point do you say now you're on your own because there's a draw to it? Yeah, I, I get it. Materials are up when it comes to construction. But if it's worth, you want to be down there, you'll find a way to make it work without the tax breaks. I, that's my opinion. Uh, and what I get from listeners is, okay, we keep giving exemptions for a developer in downtown. But if I want to develop in my neighborhood, you mentioned homes, this is the equivalent of three homes, then I am now getting asked uh, to pay more in specials, which I know in Cass County different thing here you don't levy that stuff but that's what the the average jane and joel thinks is they're getting a break i'm not getting anything in fact i'm getting asked to pay more what do we do about that i i think what you have to do and this is one of the criticisms levered on me during this meeting was this isn't good leadership we need to say yes to these things and my response was good leadership is being this is going to be so cheesy brave enough right Brave enough to say no, and that's cheesy. But it, you need to have introspection enough to look at something where you say, this is what we need to encourage. Maybe this one doesn't work. So again, it's not to say it needs to disappear, but it needs to be weighed better or weighed more carefully in terms of what we're incentivizing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I totally get it. Yeah, so uh, it, it, again, it's not uh-huh. to say no to everything, because I think that's just... Yeah, because there is that mentality too. I mean, there, there's people that have been elected officials around this area that nope, 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 and then regardless when they're wrong, they yep. want to complain about it to wit's end here. Yeah, and I, I don't agree with that. I mean, again, it, we need to be open and optimistic and encourage people to do the right thing. How do you do that? Incentivization. You got a couple more minutes for me? Uh, yes, sir. Chad Peterson, Cass County Commissioner. I just got about five minutes left, but I got to get a weather update from Two Tall Tom. Just two more questions for him. If you have anything, you can send that into three five two seven zero. More after these live right after this. Chad Peterson, my guest, he is a Cass County Commission, in fact, the chair of the Cass County Commission, and also as part of the, uh, well, it's best described by you. I forget what the, is it the tax, whatever committee, I forget the name of it. My uh, Renaissance Zone. There we go, the Renaissance Zone. Uh, I, I had a question for you because we talked about developers downtown and who gets what and who doesn't. Uh, another thing that I get from listeners all the time is developers get all these breaks for 
building out in South Fargo, whatever it might be. That's their perspective is that we give them breaks and homeowners don't get any of that. In fact, I'm paying specialists for upgrades that they should have done in the first place type thing. That's what I get from listeners. I'm just curious as a, a tax guy and a commissioner, your response to those individuals. So I, I think, George, let's, if I just speak to the Renaissance Zone as an yeah. example, uh, the implied victory, for lack of a better term, is that you're going to have eventually increased valuation in certain properties in dense areas, meaning those people will start paying more property taxes. And in the end, again, implicit, that they will then share some of the burden or more so some of the burden of your property taxes that you would have otherwise paid. Uh, my struggle with that argument is not that it's not true to some degree, but my struggle is that we have an example that I was talking about pretty vocally is the Radisson downtown. So the Radisson was built when I was at Longfellow Elementary School. I think I was in third grade, plus or minus us a little. I don't really remember. Uh, but the Radisson downtown has really only paid property taxes. And think about this now. Since I was little and I'm an old man now, no hair with a homeless guy beard is what I say. Um, you have a nice beard. Mine, not so nice. But regardless. Uh, Too kind of you. Yes, thank you. Uh, regardless of that, uh, the Radisson has only paid taxes in its entirety for four years. It's always been in some state of incentive, meaning whether it's Renaissance Zone or a TIF or something. So that's sort of a bit of a struggle. The other one is you have an example where Thurlton Ethanol Plant. Thurlton Ethanol Plant was built for, I think, 120 or 140 million. It was before my time. 120 for 140 million dollars. So you would say, well, gee, eventually that's going to be valued at 140. Well, say you have a 10 or 20 year uh, exemption. That will be inflated over that time. The reality of it is big things don't cost as much as they do. They're not, in, they're not assessed at the direct cost. So Thurlton Ethanol Plant, built for $100-some million, is currently assessed at $63 million. The tower downtown, as an example, I think was assessed or, or valued in construction as $100 million mm -hmm. plus. When that tower is going to be fully valued, and I'm talking about, I guess I call it Burgum's Tower, which is not fair, but... Um, I, I would say it's fair, but I'm a talk show host. Sure, That's exactly. I'm, I'm just a commissioner, <laughs> silly politician. Uh, is That will not be assessed at $100 million, and it's not good or bad. It's just what it is. What is a giant empty tower in downtown Fargo worth? Well, it's not worth what it costs to build it. So it will be assessed at some value, 20, I think they have a 25. We didn't have a vote on it. Uh, it was before we had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a 20 or 25-year exemption. So 25 years after its construction, it's not going to be fully valued even at its construction value. The Radisson, I think, is only at was built for $16 million. Again, I was little, so I don't really remember. I tried to look it up. We can't find the documents. It's old. Uh, I think it's currently assessed almost at slightly above the value that it was constructed at in 1983 or 82, whenever it was built. So you're never going to get that full appreciation. But I do think there is some benefit, especially on little projects where you would put, like I had said about my example mm -hmm. with my project, we did put a little bit more money into it. So, yeah, but again, back to the main premise is, is it a 100% gain for everyone in every neighborhood in town? Absolutely not. So uh, I don't know how to leave that with an inspiring message to homeowners. Besides so apply for your $500 tax credit from the state, that's coming up. But well, and, and that did come in the Cass County property tax statement as well. It will, correct. Yeah. And actually, I just filled mine out. Uh, it is very easy to do. Uh, we are going to do, we've actually talked about it at the county commission meeting, uh, because we are sort of the authors of your bills, right? We don't set the levies for schools. We don't set the levies for parks. We don't set the levies for cities. Believe it or not, some people think we do because we send the bill. We don't. But it, we did send out a notice asking or giving you a little bit of incentive or an advice, uh, some advice to apply for that. Don't forget to do that. We'll be doing some marketing 
uh, probably the wrong word, too strong of a word, but we'll be out spreading the word. You do have to Informing, apply. Informing, educating. Yes, sir. That's it. And you can do that right here. That's that why you're sounds? the host. You come on back. I'll we'll be here. do that. We'll educate through these airways. Right here <laughs> Rock and roll. Chad, I always appreciate the opportunity, man. Yes, sir. Thanks for your you, time. Yeah, you take care. Chad Peterson, again, Cass County Commissioner. Your thoughts coming in at 35270. Thanks to Adventure RV for sponsoring the text club. Open phone lines the whole rest of the way as well at 237 594. I'll come back to this conversation now. I'll talk about Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Kimmel, because he already had some thoughts in on that. And uh, Sandy Sanford was on KFGO earlier today. She's the NDGOP chair. Had some surprising comments uh, on the whole Nico Rios thing. I'm going to share my thoughts on that and more. I'm Tyler Axis. After his live is rolling on right here on KFGO.